You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Grand Rising, everybody. Welcome to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. I want to welcome you to another terrific Tuesday right here on The Day with Trey. I'm so excited because we got a great show for y'all today. And, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm in for a special treat because Big O is back on the couch with me. What? Two days in a row. It's going to be exciting. He's going to be giving us some updates. And later on in the show, I get to check in with Morris Robinson, who plays King Mark in Tristan and Isolde. That's going on right now at the Seattle Opera. So I can't wait to dive into it with him. But of course, right now is the top of the show. So it's a great time for you to tag and share the stream. Go ahead. Ahead, tag and share the street with folks you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on the day with Trey. If you can't watch us, don't worry. You can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network and the day with Trey. Y'all will find me there. Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, you name it. Over 200 plus platforms. Shout out to our podcast team for making that happen. Um, but, you know, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm jumping in my seat because Big O is back on the set with me. What up, Big Go, what we got today? I'm good. I thought when you said special surprise, I thought you was talking about the big fellow over here, Morris <laughs> Robinson. You know what I'm saying? In the building. Oh, come on now. You know, anytime I get to be on camera with you, my friend, it is a great day for me. So I'm so glad that you're here this morning. Yeah, no, it's good stuff, man. It's good to meet this brother. And, you know, I'm looking forward to your interview. I got I to gotta reach out over there to the opera. See if I can get some tickets. Yeah. You going? You going on Friday? Yeah, I'm going Friday. You should come with. Yeah, I know. You always invite me too. <laughs> I do. I do. Uh, you but, are not without your your shortage of invites, my friend. I know, man. You always looking out for me, Bayana. Yeah, come on. Uh huh. So just uh just a few things, man. Wanted to touch on here real quick is that um tonight at six thirty, Cindy Bright. Your girl, Cindy Bright. Cindy Bright, a big boss. There it is, right up there on the screen right here. Cindy Bright is having an election special, doing a special right here from the Black Media Matters studios. And, man, she's talking to a lot of people tonight about the upcoming election. It's a lot of people. We haven't really been talking about the election because, you know, it's one of these off year elections and you know, it's kind of sleepy and everything else. But there are some races out there that definitely impact us, our community. Of course, there's the federal races, you know, for the Senate um, all the way down to some of the legislative districts. And, you know, we, we know quite a few people that are going on with the legislative districts. Um Speaking of that, I know we're going to have a forum here. Was it 37th, yeah. right? For the 37th district uh, in a few weeks. But we're really very happy to have uh, Cindy Bright here for a special. Um, you know, a lot of people you hear Heartbeat Radio over there at Rainier Avenue Radio, our partner over at Rainier Avenue Radio. And so it's great to be able to use the studio facilities here, man, to uplift Cindy's uh, platform or message and her swag. You know, she'd be bringing it. 
Yeah, she definitely does. And the last time we spoke, you know, we were doing an update on her book, but I, you know, we were having some offside conversations about this election in particular and how she's really bringing awareness to the, you know, people and to the voters out there so that we are informed voters. Again, we know through King County elections, this is where, you know, voters and registration for votes, they kind of dip. But I think it's really important that we understand, you know, the folks that are going out for these races right now. So I'm so glad Cindy Wright will be on tonight. Yeah. And again, that's at 630. And of course, you can find it anywhere that um, that you're watching right now, The Day with Trey, but also on Cindy Bright's Facebook page as well. You can find it there. And so really exciting. You know, Cindy says she drives gyms. She says so many clippable things. (laughs) So we're excited about that. And also don't want people to forget that after that, at 830 tonight, our brother, Proof, we got there he is, proving the play, proving the play, the truth with proof tonight at 830. Uh, he's got a, a great show lined up tonight. He's got uh, Brian Ferguson, a few other people on there. Um, I, you know, proof show is just dope. Yeah, I mean, every he, night he brings it. He need to bring the food back, though. <laughs> uh, Cuddy, <laughs> we used to eat good on proof show, man. <laughs> <laughs> He'd always have some chef in here and everything. I'm about to talk to Proof about that, man. He's got to bring that back. Um, and the the last thing, of course, reminder we want to keep this top of mind is this Saturday at three o'clock, um, SABJ, uh, Black Voices Matter, broadcasting right here live from the Black Media Matter studios. We got King Five's Joyce Taylor gonna be talking to the icon, the icon. Essex Porter, 43 years in the business, 39 of those years over at Cairo 7, Black Voices Matter. This is uh, a fundraiser for the general fund over there at SABJ, and a portion of that goes to award scholarships for aspiring journalists. Um, You can go to sabjonline.org. Tickets are only $12. I mean, it's a great cause. Yeah, no, it's an amazing cause. And honestly, again, you know, I'm glad that they're going to be here on Saturday. Oh, I'm going to be here in the building on Saturday. I'm looking forward to seeing Joyce and Essex. I mean, two, both of them real icons in in the news business here in Seattle. Their names have been widely known uh, for the years of dedication that they've put into journalism. So I'm so glad that they'll be here on Saturday. Yeah, no, good stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting out of here tonight, so I, I won't be crashing your set tomorrow. I said I'm going to to Houston tonight. You know, uh, my, my daughter's doing softball tomorrow, so it's it's a commute. But, you know, somebody was like, man, you commute Seattle to Houston. You know, when I was living in Dubai, I used to go Seattle, Dubai, and that was that was 15 hours. <laughs> you <laughs> said, I'll like, take Houston over yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> what? Man, that's easy. You know what I'm saying? So it's an easy commute. But, man, you know what we won't do for our kids, right? Absolutely. And I know Victoria is so excited to have you there on Wednesday supporting her and softball. I mean, you said that she's really into it. Clearly, yesterday we saw her in her Astros jersey, which I don't know if you'll forgive her for that. But, (laughs) but, you know, it's a beautiful thing that you'll be able to be with her uh, tomorrow. And, you know, I just appreciate any time you can pop on any time on the day with Trey to give us these fabulous updates because Converge has so many things going on. So I'm glad that you're here to make sure we know all about it. Thank you, Trey. Absolutely. Oh, oh my goodness, you guys. We got another great guest coming up right after this. Morris Robinson is in the building. He is up next telling us all about Tristan and Azoldi right now that's going on at the Seattle Opera. You guys are going to want to tune into this. I'm telling you, the brother's voice, just the way he talks, he's <laughs> got the deepest baritone. So <laughs> definitely want to stay tuned after this, y'all. You're watching The David Trey. 
COVID-19 hurt my income, my health, and my family. We were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government. We called 1-877-894-HOME, and a housing counselor stepped in, talked to our lender, and saved our home. Federal funding details at WashingtonHalf.org. That's WashingtonHAF.org. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Trey Holiday, and I am so excited that Converge Media is doing another takeover at Paramount Theater. That's right. We're going to be there on the 24th and 25th of this month, and I am elated because we have a great relationship with STG and the whole team at Paramount, so I'm so excited for that. And y'all know this is personal for me because my daddy would be so proud to see his daughter's name on the marquee once again. One of the big moments that we were able to share before he passed was when he saw me right there on that stage presenting me with flowers. He and my mother are so proud of all the things that I've been able to do. And Paramount is a major part of that. So please join us, you guys, on the 24th and 25th. Get your tickets today by going to whereweconverge.com backslash Paramount. Be a part of our live studio audience as we make history once again. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Look, me and Morris are already getting into it, so I'm so glad that he is here to join me. Welcome, Morris. Hey, thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, <laughs> your voice already. <laughs> I mean, pe- when people meet you, do they ask you, what do you do with that voice? <laughs> Invariably, someone asks me, do you uh, you do voiceover work? Uh, are you a DJ? But they never think opera singer. That's like the last thing on the list, but I hear it all the time, yeah. I bet you do, because as soon as I walked in here, I'm like, whoa, powerful voice. And it's it's one thing because I've been able to interview several opera singers, but you carry it with you every day. Just tell us a bit about your journey. You know, what got you started into opera? You know, opera and I found one another at the age of 30, believe it or not. Um, I always talk about I went to high school performing arts and um, I was in the marching band and I never really wanted to be in the chorus. But in order to stay at the school and be in the School of the Arts, that audition for the band, uh, you had to take two periods of performing arts. And I wanted to be on the football team. After the first football game in the marching band, I was like, I don't want to be up here with these guys. I want to be out there with the cool guys. <laughs> so in order to stay, I had to audition for the chorus. And I became a full-time chorister just so I could play football. And, was, you know, those two worlds really never left me. But uh, in, in joining the chorus, we were introduced to classical music at an early age, the age of 15. I was singing the tuba mirum and all the bass solos for the Mozart Requiem. And then my senior year, I guess I was 16, 17 then, we did Haydn's Creation, the Robert Shaw edition of the Haydn's Creation. So the classical music bug kind of hit me then. And then I left it all and went and played football in college. Mm. And then I worked in corporate America for a while. And then I went back to study opera at the age of 30 after singing uh, the National Anthem and the Lord's Prayer at National Anthem and Sporting Events, the Lord's Prayer at weddings and stuff like that. People heard my voice all the time and thought, you should be doing something with that voice. Uh, but, you know, I'm a brother. It's like we don't come from a community where we are aware that this is an option viably to pursue uh, vocally. So, uh, yeah, but it's, it's really weird. It felt like I felt like a fish jumping back into water once the opera world reached out to me and said, hey, you should probably start studying this. So and it's, I've never had to work a day in my life ever since. So, wow. Yeah, because yeah, it's one of those things where it's like exciting. 
Oh, wait. Okay. Hold on. It's one of those things where it's really exciting because at the end of the day, you also uh, get to do something that you love. And that's exactly what I think so many people, you know, want to understand. Like, what is it that they can do that doesn't feel like work? And so going back to it at the age of 30, that's a huge feat because already now you've probably, you know, had some professional experience, as you said, in corporate America, you know, you, you got maybe a family established at that point. What was that transition like for you to say, you know what I am, I'm going to take this seriously. Well, I mean, you know, I'm, I, I tried to take it like a business approach. I, I had enough money put away to, to live for two years. And I thought this is a two year experience mm -hmm. experiment. Um, I'm going to try it out and see what happens. You know, if, if it doesn't work, I can always go back to work. So it was just, you know, it was lots of sleepless nights, lots of discussions, my family. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was, it was, it was a scary thing for me. And, uh, but I was, you know, I, I bet on myself and yeah. I said, I'm going to do the best I can for this next period of time and see what happens. And, yeah, it worked. Well, you know, tell us a bit about that acceptance then. Like, how were you received in the opera community? Because, you know, this is something that could take you all over the world. I mean, people are doing operas everywhere. Tell us a bit about how you, you got to be received from the other side to be like, oh, whoa, this powerful voice is now joining the ranks. Well, you know, there's, uh, there's always trials and tribulations. Um, when you come into the opera world like I did from nowhere, uh, there's always people that look at and think, you know, what is this about? Okay, it's a sensational thing that's going to last for a few years, but it'll be over with. You know, he doesn't have the training. He didn't come from the right pedigree. You know, he doesn't have a degree in music. He didn't go to Juilliard. He didn't go to Manhattan School. So, you know, how good can this possibly be or how good can this possibly get? You know, mm -hmm. uh, can his aptitude adapt accordingly? But, you know, every every obstacle that was put in front of me, and I don't consider it an obstacle. I don't consider, I mean, you can look at it two ways. It was either an obstacle or an opportunity. And I looked at both. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an obstacle, meaning it was challenging for me to try to rise to the occasion. But it's also an opportunity for me to get better, prove that I can do it, and prove to myself that I can do it, and prove to the opera world that I could do this. So it was just li literally a series of accomplishments that had to take place. And so, you know, the first two years, I mean, it was just rough. You know, I knew how to sing the Lord's Prayer, but I never sang in Italian before. I never mm -hmm. sang in, in German before. I never sang in Russian. I never sang in French. So I had to learn how to do all those things. I'd never been on a real operatic stage. So, um, you know, I've sung oratorio because I was in the chorus, but I've never like worn a costume and been a character and had to relate to another character. So it was just fast learning, lots of learning. I often like to say it's like drinking water out of a fire hydrant. It's just coming at you nonstop. And you try to gather as much as you can. Uh, the psychological part within oneself is understanding that, you know, for 90% of the time, you hear the things that you don't do well, so you can try to they push you to try to correct those things. And uh, therein lies the discipline and the self-assuredness and the confidence in knowing that when presented with something that's challenging, you have the ability to overcome that. Mm -hmm. um, and I was able to do that. I think my athletic background, just being an ex-athlete and getting used to coaching, uh, being able to, to immediately and instantaneously make a return on what was input into me, I think that was important, you know, as far as being able to adapt on the fly, with, uh, adapt on the fly and on command, on demand in the operatic world. So it's, mm -hmm. it's certainly a complex journey, so to speak. But, uh, you know, one of discipline and fortune, uh, you know, within the first few weeks of studying opera, I knew that I had done the right thing as far as making the choice to do so. Then it became, a, you know, a matter of, am I going to, Am I going to reach the potential that everyone says I have? And my focus then became 
reaching the potential that everyone thought I had, because the one thing I didn't want to do is not reach that potential. So, you know, self-drive, lots of commitment. You got to have talent, you know, but the discipline and work ethic is the part that I think people don't really realize is there. You have to have that, too. So, yeah, I mean, and, and those two things really can carry you forward in so many different ways. Right. In so many different industries. So I love hearing your connection to that, particularly in your journey, uh, you know, as you were like, all right, I'm going to leave some of the things I've known behind. I'm stepping out, believing in myself. I'm going to really bet on myself. As you said, that's really important in, the, in this journey in particular. Well, you know, I, I mean, this is one thing I got to say. You know, I, I talk about this often, but now I almost can't even say it because I've interviewed so many black opera singers, right, right. you know, uh, in terms of that kind of opening up. Right. I mean, you know, we think black community doesn't automatically think opera is for them. You know, like going to the opera seems like maybe it's too expensive or it's not something that has really been uh, promoted in black communities often. And so tell us a bit about your your perspective there as a black man, a strong black man, right? Going into opera, you know, how has it been for you in terms of some of those racial uh, outlines and those racial elements? Yeah, so, you know, people don't gravitate towards that which they're not familiar with. Uh, so, you know, we're black folks. We like to go to comedy club, jazz club, R&B, hip hop, you know, that kind of thing. We go to church, do the gospel thing. That's our norm, you know. Um, the first opera I was in was Aida by Verdi. And there's a moment <clears throat> in her famous aria where she's uh, praying and, and, and reminiscing about being back home and she's missing it. And there's a whole, there's a whole segment there that sounds like a black hymn called Sweet Holy Spirit. Mm. I was like, that music is, that's our music or our music there. <laughs> you know, there's some similarities there. So I started finding little light motifs like that, started finding things that were familiar. And then here's the coolest thing. Like when I go to a new city, you know, I'll go to the barbershop. I ain't been to the barbershop now because I, <laughs> I gotta have this beer for the show. So it's, <laughs> I'm not normally like raggedy, but um, because of my part, I have to add to it. But anyway, this whole thing, I'll go to the barbershop. When I was younger, I go play hoops. I'll go find spots where people hang out, go to black restaurants and they find out what I do and I'll invite them to the show. A lot of times I give them tickets just to get them there. And invariably, not only do they enjoy the experience, but a lot of them go when I'm not even on stage now. Like I have people that have become patrons and members of the opera house because it was cool. They got to dress up. <clears throat> they got to wear the tuxes, you know, rent a limousine, go have a nice dinner, take their girlfriend, take their wife, take their boys. You know, they go five deep and it was just a great experience. You know, um, I tell people that the opera, you shouldn't be intimidated by it. It is not necessarily just for the aristocracy. Um, that's a misnomer. In fact, Mozart said opera was written for the people. You know, mm -hmm. one of the famous, most famous operatic composers in the world ever, you know, it was written for the general public. So, you know, the, the experience I say is like going to the movie, but you have a better soundtrack and the action's happening right in front of you and it's live. Same storylines, you know, even in this show that we're doing here, it's, it's a love triangle that really isn't a love triangle. It's about betrayal. You know, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm the king and I send my nephew, my favorite person, my best friend to go find this wife that I was too shy to approach. And he's going to secure her for me. Well, he ended up making love to her and falling in love with her. So I, I and then I walk on the scene like, yo, where is she at? And they're like, uh, yeah. So what happened was and so I'm broken, you know, and it's 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 a mess. You know, it's just straight drama. So. These storylines that we celebrate and put on screen now are not brand new to us. They've been going on for, forever. And uh, it's just nice to see it displayed in a different language with a different soundtrack. You know, I think it's a beautiful experience. So you, it's a long answer to your short question. But, you know, yes, black people should 
embrace and come to it. And it's not foreign to everybody, but it's just not the most popular thing we do. Right. But I think you'll find if you participate, you actually enjoy it. So yeah, I definitely have. And yeah. and you know the fact that you you may be singing in another language, but the subtitles are in English. I Correct. can follow along, and I think that that's also too something that I've been telling my friends and family about. Like you know, honestly, there there is no you know barrier for you to come and enjoy this. And I love how you say it. Like it's an opportunity to come and get dressed stuff maybe do something a little bit bigger a little bit more grandiose you can and i also told my friend i said hey let's just go and what we got on like at the end of the day nobody's gonna scoff at us you know the idea that you know you have to succumb to a certain thing is not true and i really experienced that personally well you know i mean we were kind of taking the comments you are approach like going to church now it's like i tell people all the time if you get off work at 6 30 and opera starts at 7 wear your khakis you know (laughs) wear your jeans you know just come chill because you know, it, it really is come as you are. You can make whatever you want to of the experience. You know, yeah. uh, we, you know, you if you want to make it a nice night and rent a limousine and have a five-star dinner, you can do that. If you want to just show up with your khakis on your blue jeans, your flip-flops, you can do that. You know, no one's going to scoff you and look at you funny because, you know, it is for everybody. And, you know, we're just happy you're there, you know, uh, to enjoy the experience. And I think that opera audiences nowadays are so happy to see people there. And it's like going to the football game, you know, uh, I'm an ex-athlete, so I always relate everything to sports. But one of the things I think is beautiful about sports and music is that it, it blends communities. Mm-hmm. So if you go see the Seahawks play and the doctors sitting next to the garbage man, sitting next to the janitor, sitting next to the lawyer, sitting next to the preacher, for that three hours, they're going to be best friends right. if they're on the same squad. They're going to high-five each other. They're going to hug each other. They're going to yell at the referees. They're going to cheer <laughs> for the team. And they don't care who they are and where they are. And say, I think the same thing happens at the Opera House. Mm-hmm. you know. And it's just a matter of trusting that Someone that actually does it for a living who's on stage is telling you to try this. It really is a real it's a real experience. So, yeah, it really is. And and I agree with you on that. I mean, the first opera that I saw here in Seattle was Blue. Right. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm like, oh, my God, all black cast, you know, kind of what you're talking about. They had a lot of these kind of like gospel rhythmic, you yeah. know, tunes in there. Um, but it was also a story that so many black community members could, you know, really connect with. Right. And, you know, just as you were describing this plot here, I was reminded of Best Man. I'm like, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a, a movie that is beloved in black communities all across America and probably the world. But just the idea is that these stories, these narratives aren't new. And yet we can find ourselves really connecting to them. It's exciting because we actually have a clip of you up Uh-oh. on stage. We get to actually see. Yeah, we get to actually see you singing right here. Oh, 
Oh my Whoa. goodness. Look, we're just looking up at the screen. We're both like stuck in it. But wow, such a powerful voice. Tell us a bit about this character and, you know, the experience that playing this role has now added to your opera career. Well, okay, that's, that's a twofold question, so to speak. But like in this very scene here, this is me, uh, the initial confrontation. So what happens is I show up on the boat. I walk out with my squad. I'm the king. So I got like the Secret Service with me, but the Secret Service in the sense of they have swords. Not yeah. swords they all roll in with me and I'm like, I walk into the situation. I see my, my dude with the girl that's supposed to be marrying me. Everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy. And that's me saying to the dude that brought me there, my boy is supposed to like go make sure everything's good before I arrive. I'm like, why would you put me here like this in front of all these people? Did you really think this is the way to handle this? Mm. That's the first thing I say. Then the second thing I say, what you heard there was, look at him. He's supposed to be my boy. Wow. That's supposed to be my best friend. Look at him. He's a dude I trusted the most on this planet. No one even understands and can comprehend the hurt I'm feeling right now. Mm. The embarrassment in front of all these people. And then I, I say that, then I send them away. And then I turn to him and say, Bruh, like I literally say this, it's not bruh, but mm -hmm. it's literally saying, bruh, it's your boy. How are you going to do me like that? Look at me. How are you going to do me like that? So it's, it's real intense. You know, yeah. it's like, it's one of those, it's one of those, uh oh, moments because, oh, he here, you know, and I'm like the big boss, I'm the king. Yeah. So that's what that whole scene is about. And it literally is about maybe 14 to 15 minutes, depending on how fast the conductor is going that day mm -hmm. and how much breath I have. Um, of me just saying, you know, you dogged me out, man. I can't believe you did that. And you know how I felt about her. And then I walk over to her and said, we supposed to be this, that, and the other. And like, I can't even, you know. So it's a whole just complete, utter breakdown. So that's the answer to that part of the question. The answer to what it's done for my career. Well, <clears throat> you know, as one is coming through the opera ranks, you know, you build on characters. So my first uh, entry into the world, I was always the king. Basis, kings, gods, fathers, priests. Those are the roles that we play. But one-dimensional. I walk on stage. You do what I tell you to do. We leave, you know. And then it becomes, you know, you start playing more complex characters that I walk on stage. You do what I tell you. And I have some reflective moments of myself. Or, you know, I play the role of the assassin. Like, I'm really cool, but I'm about to kill you. So it's just <laughs> adding layers to my ability to, to develop a character. And this right here is the latest entity of such where it's like a multifaceted person who really looks one-dimensional but inside he really is like dealing with a whole lot of issues so you get to see me really just in a, in a to take this monstrous figure me myself also being this big powerful guy and breaking down in front of everybody and and letting my soul bear about this pain and agony that i'm going through and that's his whole existence throughout the opera but it's just different ebbs and flows he gets angry of course he's hurt he doesn't really cry because he's a king, but he's hurt. So, you know, it's it's just interesting how, you know, I've been able to and I've been blessed with the opportunity to continue to add layers to my ability to develop characters over time. And this is just another obstacle slash opportunity to show myself and the rest of the opera world that I can do all kinds of things. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the things that I don't think gets talked about enough is the acting in opera. Yeah. Right. I mean, just there in that moment. 
as you're taking a breath and after you belt out this uh, fantastic note, you can tell that you're doing this internal reflection on your own pain, <laughs> right? Like, you, I mean, it, that for me as a thespian myself and and have done musical theater and everything else, when I when I go to the opera, I'm so intrigued mm -hmm. by the acting yeah. that is taking place. And a lot of the times it's being done in between moments of singing. There's so much nuance <laughs> that going on there so i mean kudos to you i cannot wait to come and see you on friday i am looking forward to this um and, and to being there i might have to dress up and do it fancy well, on just friday tell me you already dressed look at you well you, you know fly, it, so it's it, kind of a thing for me yeah but. wear that to the opera it's <laughs> yeah. gonna be that's dope people will be taking pictures with you like, there for we real. go <laughs> uh, uh morris thank you so much for being here uh, and and giving us your experience right here at the seattle opera i'm so glad that you are playing the role of king mark i can't wait to see you on Friday. Thank you so much for having me here and I look forward to seeing you. Absolutely. You get to look right there and just let people know how they can come and check you out in the upcoming performance. Yes, Seattle Opera. I think the website is seattleopera.org. Uh, the name of the opera is Tristan and Isolde by Ricard Wagner. And we'll be doing four more shows at the at Symphony Hall here. Oh, not Symphony Hall. They're the McCall, Opera House. Yeah. Uh, McCall Sim Opera House. Uh, S Seattle Opera. So Yeah, McCall Hall. Yeah, McCall Hall. Yeah. Since Seattle Opera. There you go. There it is. I never have to do that part. Like I know. Always done for I me. know. A lot of people don't. <laughs> so that's why I need to be prepping my folks like, hey, I'm going to give you that opportunity at the end. But I just thank you so much for thank making you. time in your busy schedule to join me today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. What a pleasure, you guys. Of course, you guys know I get to wrap up the show right after this short break. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. Get ready, everyone. October 24th and 25th, Convergent Media is heading right back to the Paramount Theater. Join me, Basil Gordon, Aaron Calligraphy, Trey Holiday, and the entire Converge Media family as we once again broadcast live with conversations on art, culture, mental health, community issues, and more. Trust me, you won't want to miss a single moment. Head over to whereweconverge.com for more information, and we will see you October 24th and 25th, streaming live across all Converge Media platforms. Community, it's been three years since we've been able to celebrate in person at our annual Evening of Choice. And this year at Access and Pioneer Square on October 19th at 6 p.m., we will be back together again, celebrating our journey, healing towards justice. This past couple of years have been incredibly difficult for our young people and our community at large. And one thing that has become clear and absolutely true is there's one way forward that brings all of us together, and that's as we heal. And when our young people heal, they're truly able to become who it is they've been purposed to be. So on this evening, you'll hear stories of our young people, hear the evolution of our organization as we emphasize healing in our cause. And together, we will celebrate another year of impact and growth as we journey towards justice together. Again, it's at Access and Pioneer Square, 6 p.m. on October 19th. And live streaming will be available through YouTube at I Choose Winning. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. What a great show today. I'm like all smiles. Got to give a huge shout out to the big O for hopping on the couch with me today, giving us some updates about some of the great things that are going on right here at Converge. Make sure y'all tune in tonight to Cindy Bright's voter special. We're going to be doing that right here at 630, anywhere you're watching, also on her Facebook page. And of course, y'all got to tune in at 830 for my bro, 
proof in the play. He's going to be on tonight as well. Make sure you guys check out his show. Um, but a big shout out to Big O for all those announcements. And of course, a special thank you to Morris Robinson for being here from Tristan and Azoldi. I am so excited that I'll be there on Friday. Make sure you guys go to the Seattle Opera website. Get your tickets today. Uh, clearly, y'all can see from the clip that we showed, it is real. It is deep. The plot that he just shared with us is something we've seen happen in movies all over the place. And really, you guys, these are stories that are going on at the opera that we can all connect to. So I hope y'all go ahead and get your tickets. But y'all also know, I hope that you're inspired by the story that he shared today. I mean, he's talking about being 30 years old and realizing after so many people have told him to get himself into opera, he's like, you know what? Let me give it a shot. And he bet on himself. And of course, for me, I was feeling all, all the goosies on my arms because of the excitement and the inspiration that his story just gave me today. So of course, I want y'all to be inspired by his story, but also y'all can be inspired to find the ways to see yourself as a part of the solution. He was like, look, I'm going to, I'm going to take a, a, a trip here. Uh, in two years, I'm going to do an experiment and he's still at it because he is phenomenal. He bet on himself. I want y'all to find ways to bet on yourselves because we need you as a part of all of these amazing movements happening right now to make our world a better place. Of course, I want y'all to be joining me tomorrow and until then at 11 a.m. <laughs> Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.